So it's good to see all of you this evening. I, uh, last week I uh, did an intro to Buddhism. And when I was putting that together, I ran across a teaching that I'd seen before, but I never paid much attention to. There are a lot of suttas, and so some are more uh, well-known than others, and some I just kind of gloss over. And But this one really, this one really grabbed me last week, uh, and it's, it's known as the Bodhipakaya Dharma. And what that means is the uh, qualities that are related to awakening. It's not the name of a sutta, but it's the Dharma. And it's a set of, or seven sets of qualities that are necessary for awakening. And there, a lot of these are, are things that we're already familiar with. But I... Um, and it turns it's seven sets, and it turns out to be thirty-seven different qualities. So there's sets of four, and sets of five, and sets of seven, and set of eight. And I'll go through them. Um, don't worry, you don't have to remember them all because, like I said, some of them you were already very familiar with, and um, they're mentioned in many, many, many suttas as these thirty-seven qualities. And uh, it's uh, they serve as the framework for a lot of the Abhidhamma, and the Abhidhamma are, is this one set of, of teachings that kind of is the analysis, the synthesis of the suttas and the vinya. So it really kind of takes the Buddhist teachings and puts it in, systematizes it. And so it's the kind of a framework for that. And um, it's also some of the first texts that were translated into Chinese. So these are, these are, these, uh, these seven sets, these 37 qualities are pretty important in Buddhism. And um, so let me just, uh, what, I, what I, maybe I'll just read this one piece of this one sutta. This is from the Mahaparibhanabhana Sutta, which is the one that talks about the, the Buddha's death. And he gave this, this teaching to his um, monks and nuns before he died. And he said, now, O bhikkhus, I say to you that these teachings of which I have direct knowledge, means he, he has experienced each of these, and which I have made known to you, I've taught you these things over these last 45 year, years, these you should thoroughly learn, cultivate, develop, and frequently practice that the life of purity may be established and may long endure for the welfare and happiness of the multitude out of compassion for the world, for the benefit, well-being, and happiness of gods and men. So the invitation is to practice these things for the benefit of all, for your own well-being, and for the benefit of all. And what bhikkhus are these teachings? They are the four foundations of mindfulness, the four right efforts, the four um, constituents of psychic power, the five faculties, um, the five powers, the seven factors of enlightenment, and the noble eightfold path. These bhikkhus are the teachings of which I have direct knowledge, which I have made known to you, and which you should thoroughly learn, cultivate, develop, and frequently practice for the benefit of all beings. So, 
Um, I'm sure you recognized a few of those, like the four foundations of mindfulness and the Eightfold Path and maybe the seven factors of awakening. The interesting part about this is that two of the sets are the exact same. Two of the exact they're the exact same. So um, it's interesting. I was reading what Tanisha Biku Tan Jeff says about this because he has a whole website, Access to Insight. Um, that is really a great wealth of information about the suttas. And he says um, that it can either be, or of the many ideas about it, that some of these five, oh, what are the, which ones are they? The, the, um, uh, the five spiritual faculties um, and the five strengths, which are like faith, energy, mindfulness, concentration, and wisdom. It could either be like a mundane and a transcendent version of each of these, or the Buddha just threw them in twice because 37 is a special number and he wanted to have 37. And so my sense is that nobody really knows but there are these 37 things, including the, the, the one list twice. Um, so it's really interesting. And um, what, what the Buddhist said multiple times, both in talking about this, and he, in fact, he mentions it talking about the life of purity, um, that the precepts and Living um, an ethical life really is important, an important underpinning for all of these things. And you've heard it, you've probably heard it before when they talk about the Eightfold Path. One of the sections of the Eightfold Path is ethical behavior, is living in a way that doesn't cause harm. And the precepts are, are extracted from that Eightfold Path. And it's um, it's because... It's really important in order to establish these qualities, in order to establish mindfulness and concentration and clear seeing and equanimity and balance, you have to live a life that doesn't cause harm. You have, it's, uh, um, James Barras in The Joy of Awakening calls it or awakening joy calls it the bliss of blamelessness when you live a life where you're not causing harm intentionally there's no remorse um there's no uh no guilt or shame and i talked about this a few weeks ago where i was talking about blame and shame um this uh this this life that leads to no remorse leads to inner joy which allows for concentration and concentration is necessary for this and and in in this teaching they also talk about the idea of karma and karma is not you do this that's what's going to happen it's it's kind of an action it's kind of as you're moving along um if you're moving along with wise intention and skillful actions that's um, going to have beneficial results and skillful results. So karma is um, uh, a way to move towards enlightenment and awakening. And so you start with this 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 blameless life, this in, in this this um, uh, I want to say integral, but it's not this behavior. This that's 
integrity, that you live a life of integrity and um, cultivation, not just not doing things, but cultivating kindness and compassion and um, skillfulness and helpfulness. And, and so you're, you're, you're being of benefit to all beings not just yourself, you're not just not causing harm, but you're being a benefit to all beings. And you're and you're living in this way intentionally. So you're in setting an intention to live skillfully. And when you have an intention to live skillfully and move in a wise direction, your karma is going to be beneficial and skillful. And that that karma of skillful living is this ability to be at ease and to cultivate this inner joy and this ability to let go of grasping and clinging or pushing away because you don't have to manipulate. You don't have to make sure certain things happen in order to be okay. You can be at ease in your own skin. And he talks about um, um, intention um, what is it? A precept, and the precepts are not killing, not taking what's not offered, being wise with your sexuality, um, um, being wise with your speech, and not not ingesting things that lead to heedlessness. A precept is broken only when one does so intentionally. So if you intentionally take something that's not offered, you're intentionally unwise with your speech. That has um, um, consequences. If you unintentionally cause harm, it's and it's not like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. La 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 la. That's not that. You have to see clearly, and sometimes you know you have to tell somebody something they don't want to hear, and they are hurt. But you're doing what needs to be done. Um, those types of things are really important. And sometimes it's skillful means. Like I, I think I told a story last week about um, there's a sutta, a very famous sutta in the Mahayana tradition where children are in a burning house and they refuse to leave. They're playing with toys and the father's like, get out, get out. And they're like, no, this is so much fun. They're so caught in the delusion and the, the attachment to the toys and the fun they're having that they don't see the whole house caving in around them. And he goes, there's better toys outside, even though there weren't. And so they went running, ran out of the house. And so that has, they talk about that as skillful means. You're saying something that's um, technically not true, but it's in order to, to um, save a life. And so that's okay. That's, that's intentionally, that's an intention that's wise and skillful. Um so to have this life of, 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 of adhering to the precepts that underlies all these qualities allows you to uh, see clearly, to be concentrated, to cultivate mindfulness without this twitchiness, which just is just the word that popped into my head. Um, because when that stuff is eating away at you and nagging at you, it's kind of like, Ugh. and you may or may not relate to that. Um, and so this, this, there's a real importance of this foundation of, of, of uh, ethical behavior, which builds on, and then you build on intention to that, and then you build in paying attention 
every moment because in order to be uh, skillful in how you move through the world and in order to be um, wise and not harming, you have to pay attention. So these things all mold together, mindfulness and skillfulness and intention. So uh, you just have to jump in wherever you are and start. And we start in this tradition that we've uh, that has been developed in the United States because of the, the tradition that I practice and how it was brought over by um, Joseph Goldstein and jo Jack Hornfield and Sharon Salzberg. The, the starting is with meditation. In other parts of the world, it starts with, with generosity or with ethical behavior. But here we've started with mindfulness, and, I, and it's worked for me. It's been this practice of sitting still and paying attention. Because if you're not paying attention, um, you're going to cause harm. When you're paying attention, when you're really paying attention and you see clearly the ramifications of your actions, it's difficult to cause harm, especially if you are um, cultivating the heart practices, the compassion and the kindness. If you have compassion for other beings and you see clearly what you're doing, you have this understanding of your actions, you're not going to cause harm because you see so the, the, I believe um, it is important to cultivate mindfulness. It's incredibly important to cultivate this clear seeing. And that's um, uh, one of the first, that's the first, and I don't think it's the first because it's the most important. I think they did this in numerical order. There's four foundations of mindfulness, but it's really important to cultivate mindfulness. And so mindfulness is found in the Eightfold Path, but it's also brought out as one of these 37, um, one of these seven sets, because it is so important, this mindfulness of the body and, the, and feelings and recognizing whether things are pleasant or unpleasant and recognizing when emotions are present. What feelings are you here when you're greedy, when you're not greedy, um, when jealousy is present, when jealousy is not present, really being able to see this. And then mindfulness of mental qualities is recognizing what's happening. Oh, there's restlessness, there's aversion, there's greed, there's joy, there's, there's tranquility. Clear seeing, clearly seeing the experience. And it's kind of receptivity. It's not going out and getting, but it's just like, oh, what is this? Being able to receive, being present for what is. As soon as you, as you said, as, as I said earlier, as soon as we take make a motion towards, we've already moved out of the present because we're, we're moving towards something. Instead, we want to stay as present as we can. And to do that is the next set of these 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 qualities the next set is the four right efforts which is so important and the wise effort it's also again it's a factor in the eightfold path wise effort in fact it's um, mindfulness wise effort and mindfulness are part of the uh, concentration um, uh, piece of the Eightfold Path. There's wise effort, then there's mindfulness, then there's concentration. But the four wise efforts are to recognize um, 
or to to yeah well it's to recognize when unskillful unbeneficial states are present recognize when your mind is caught up in this unwholesome thinking when you're caught up in in aversion caught up in greed when you're stuck in planning when you're stuck in somewhere else recognize when you've got that nasty narrative going or you're just lost and you're not present so to recognize that and let them go let that let that stuff go that's what you're doing when you're practicing oh caught up in that 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 um story about them or the story about what it's supposed to look like and how am I going to make it happen or the story of of that hurt you know what it's not being with the emotion itself it's being with the story around it there's the difference there it's not about getting rid of the uncomfortable experience it's not about getting rid of the emotions that are present it's actually about being with the emotions and so that's skillful. Stuck in the story is unskillful. Being with what's present is skillful. So it's about recognizing what's unskillful, letting go of what's unskillful, being with what is skillful, and how to, how to sustain that, that concentration, you know, of when, it, when you are present, how to stay present. So those are the efforts that are necessary to keep this mindfulness. And it's kind of like a balancing. Who was it? Oh, I was in a, I was in a, a little meeting yesterday. And somebody was talking about, it was James Barris, was talking about, um, you know, we don't just get here and then we're on this path. It's like, it's like riding a bicycle. You get on the bicycle and it's a continual adjustment. You're not just rigid and on a track. It's, it's constantly in this place of a little move here, a little move here. And you're not even aware of it oftentimes, especially when you learned how to ride a bike. You're not aware of it. It's just a natural experiential response. And that's what this practice is as well. It's an experiential response as you cultivate it, as you lay this foundation of, 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 of um ease in your skin and you begin to let go and you begin to recognize when you're caught up in these stories and let them go then there's this 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 balancing that's that's that comes more naturally because you're actually shifting your mind as well i was reading some other stuff today and talking about how this practice especially mindfulness has an impact on neurologically not neurologic yeah neuro with our brains it has a has an impact it shifts it actually shifts our brains and how we respond so it it absolutely has an impact on how we move through the world um then so those are the first two sets the next set the Idipada, the, I haven't talked about these very much because um, I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time in them. Um, when you look at them, the four bases of of supernatural power, um, the the four qualities are will, like having this will to do the right thing, energy again similar to effort, having the the energy to do something, consciousness, being aware. Um, and then skillful, skillful analysis, I think it's a, a type of discernment. Well, when they talk about these four qualities, these four bases, 
they're talking about a supernatural type of quality and and these seem to um point to the experience the buddha had on the night of his awakening when he was going through the stages they talk about in the first watch of the night and the second watch of the night and he saw all his um um he saw all his past lives and so that's one of the things that happens as you cultivate this and you see the lives of other beings their their good qualities and their bad qualities and then you you can uh, appear and vanish and walk through walls and walk on water and you hear divine and human sounds I don't have any experience of any of these things so I can't speak to them um, some people have there are stories of folks who have been able to do this stuff not my story but that's one of the qualities and when they when I was when I was reading this I was saying yeah it seems a lot like what they they talk about when the Buddha was awake and the night of his awakening so and but the last one the mind is unpolluted which is clear of 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 greed and hatred and delusion so that's 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 an important piece of this so then we move into the next two which are the same these two sets of five the five spiritual faculties and the five strengths and you know as Tan Jeff said it might be this reason it might be that reason but it really important um, five spiritual faculties the first one is conviction or faith or belief that this stuff will work it's almost like taking refuge in the Buddha trusting as he said if I in in the sutta that I read he said um, he said um, these teachings which I have direct knowledge he's like I have experienced these and they have worked I have I have achieved the unconditioned the deathless as they say I'm no longer attached to anything and so there's this faith that okay if I do this stuff I'm gonna get to a place where I'm not so in enmeshed in craving and aversion and the conditioned mind and my need for this and my my aversion to that that I can move through the world with this receptive relaxed state open in awareness so there's this faith that kind of is an impetus to jump into the practice and then the energy the virya the energy that's needed to sustain this practice and again and the next one in this is mindfulness again the reminder to be present what's right here concentration this unified this, this steadfastness of mind um, and then wisdom this clear seeing and that's such a key point seeing clearly the nature of what is the nature of what I am what's really true not all these stories but what's real and when we can finally get to the place of seeing what's real then we're no longer attached it's like it, it just happens one leads to the next leads to the next it's just the next um, the next obvious step or the next obvious um, result from one thing leads to the next leads to the next leads to the next 
Um, and then the seven factors of an awakening that I've spoken of many, many times, which again includes, it starts with mindfulness. You have this foundation of being present, of seeing clearly, of being with right now. And then the investigation of what is this? Again, this supporting what is going on here? What's true? What's not true? Energy again, this this steadfastness, this 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 willingness to do the work, to stay present, and then the seven factors of awakening are very important because included in them is joy. Because when you are able to be at ease when you are um, living a life without remorse because you're living this path of of um, integrity of compassion of of skillful being skillful and wise and full of of loving kindness with your intention there's this ease that arises this joy that arises this natural being of that there's no there's no lack in your life. There's coming and going. There's the reality of of the human condition of the praise and blame and pe- pleasure and pain, but you're just aware that that's just the nature of the beast. So there's this joy, which leads to tranquility, which leads to this concentration, this steadiness of mind which leads to equanimity, which is this absolute um, balance, this, this intimacy with everything, this deep intimacy with your experience, which leads to the appropriate response. Whatever you're presented with, you, appro- you respond appropriately to that moment, not based on the past, not based on your wishes for the future, but what is appropriate in this moment? And it just it just flows. It flows because you are this is an embodied practice. It's an embodied practice. And then the eightfold path. You know, this is how we move through this. And again, so many of these are are repeated. But it's seeing clearly. It's seeing clearly the nature of, of the world. It's seeing clearly how intention is important, letting go of what doesn't serve, moving through the world with kindness. And then the, the wise speech and wise action and, and making our living in a wise and non-harmful way. And then energy and mindfulness and concentration. So these these things, they, they repeat a lot. Um, you know, that I think some of it is a function of um, this starting out as an oral tradition. So there was this need for repetition because that enabled folks to remember it better. And that's also the lists and things. And then that oral tradition got written down. So we have this this written tradition of lists. But um, I think because these various um, qualities were listed so many times and repeated so many times, it's, it's worth just kind of... Um, saying, okay, maybe this is maybe this is the path. The folks have been doing this for 2,600 years. Um, 
these are the particular qualities that you might want to pay attention to. And so four foundations of mindfulness, eightfold path. Inside the four foundations of mindfulness are the four noble truths to the nature of suffering. And, you know, the cause of suffering is wanting things to be far out all the time. Um, and doing everything in we can to make it always be nice. And so that never ends well or rarely ends well. So these, this, um, I thought this was a great teaching because it has all these things listed in all these different ways. And, and you see it a lot as you, as you get into this and study this, it's the same thing over and over again said in different ways pay attention let go be present you know be kind be compassionate don't cause harm cultivate um cultivate compassion um be joyful for the benefit for your benefit and the benefit of all beings so I think that's all I have to say about the Bodhipakaya Dhamma. And I want to thank you so much for your kind attention. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.